Welcome to the Covenant Women Podcast with Dr. Adonica Howard-Brown, your on-demand source for Holy Ghost-filled preaching and teaching. You bring blessing everywhere you go. You bring freedom. You bring liberty. Out of your inmost being will flow rivers of living water. Be refreshed, encouraged, and strengthened as you hear the Word today. My name is Chris Ann Hall. And before I was saved, I was really focused on education, on career, and even as a married woman, that was my focus. My whole life, I never had any desire to have children at all. As a matter of fact, people would tell me uh, or ask me, when are you going to have kids or do you want to have kids? And I was like, no, I will be everybody's favorite aunt. You know, the one who spoils the kids at Christmas and birthdays, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to raise my own children. And when I got saved, among the multitude of things that was changed about me, the Lord dropped into my heart a desire to have children. The problem is, I wasn't able to have children. And so I was confused by that desire to begin with because I couldn't have kids. And I thought, why would the Lord put on my heart something that I couldn't have? And as I grew spiritually, as I grew in the world word, I realized that there's nothing impossible with God that God does not put desires on your heart that you can't have, and that He will always make a way when you trust, when you obey, when you serve, when you give, He will always make a way. And so not knowing how this could happen, not even having an idea when it would happen, I began praying and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed years I prayed and the only person the only people that knew the desire of my heart were my husband and our pastor and I knew in my heart by faith that if I just waited on the Lord and I kept giving and I kept serving and I kept by faith moving forward in expectation. I, I lived every day with great expectation for the miracle that God was gonna bring me to have a child. And sometimes my expectation, I'll just be totally honest with you, became an obstacle because I expected so immediately and so clearly and by faith, believed so wholly that every month that I was not pregnant, it was almost as if I lost a child every single month. And it was a struggle for me to keep my faith, to keep living in great expectation. But I kept reading and I kept praying and I really, really held to the word, especially 
1 um, Samuel with Hannah. And I can't tell you how many times I prayed <laughs> and I prayed those words over and over again. Lord, if you will give me a child, the very first thing I will do is dedicate him to you. I will live my life ensuring that he will serve you and he will know you and we will live with you and we will serve you and all the time. And what made it difficult was not only the expectation that I lived with and the disappointment every single month for years was that I never shared this with anybody. And I look back and I think now, there was a shame that I felt not being able to have a child. It was an admission of imperfection. It, that sounds kind of strange. It was an ad, a, a recognition or maybe not a recognition, but somehow a belief that I was incomplete. And I look back now, I realize that was just the enemy trying to keep me discouraged, trying to keep me down, trying to destroy my faith. So I, I pray through that and I believe in the word and being my own worst enemy and having to fight to shut out the voice of the enemy. So I didn't share with anybody the desire of my heart. And remember, I'm, I'm a professional woman. Actually, a lawyer had aspirations of being a judge. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew I was an educated, professional woman. And people can be cruel. I remember serving in the church and a lady who is in, who was in our church leadership actually came up to me and we were just chatting. She's a friend. And I, to, to this day, I don't think she meant to be cruel, but we were just chatting and she said to me, so when are you gonna stop being selfish and start having some kids. Can I tell you that all the air was sucked out of my body and I don't know other than the, the Holy Spirit keeping me up and giving me the words where I was I able to say, I don't know how I was able to say, well, I guess that's really up to the Lord now, isn't it? And I didn't, I mean, I, I, the Holy Spirit took over and, and carried that for me because I immediately turned around and found my husband and just collapsed in his arms, just sobbing at the cruelness of that feeling, having prayed for so long and believing so wholly with expectation every day and then every month it's not there. And then to have her say that. Well, the Lord is great and he is merciful and he is wonderful and he is beautiful. And 
and he is original in his thoughts and ideas. <laughs> because all this time, I am waiting for him to heal me. I had no idea how he was going to bring this miracle to us. So I was serving, continuing to pray, continuing to believe, continuing to give. And I was serving in the church one day and a friend of mine came, we were just cleaning the kitchen actually. And a friend of mine came up to me and she said, we were just chatting and she says, you know, I just got a call from a friend of mine out of the blue. I haven't heard from her in months. And she said to me, she said, I'm sad to see this and a little embarrassed, but do you know anybody who wants to adopt a child? My daughter is going to have a child very soon and the state of Florida will not allow her to keep a child. They'd are, the Department of Children and Families, because of the lifestyle she lived, had already taken three children from her. And they told her, we will be there when the child is born and you're not keeping her. So she wants to find a family. She doesn't want the state to take her child. Well, remember, I'm an attorney. And adoptions in Florida are not always, or at least back then, they weren't always that easy. And I said to her, if she's serious about this, I may know someone. And she said, well, she has to be serious. She doesn't have a choice. And I said, all right, well, let me, let me ask. And I immediately left the kitchen <laughs> and went and found my husband. And I, I remember this day, it's like seared into my brain as if it just happened hours ago. And he was in the parking lot, he was on his hands and knees and he was looking for something in the car. And he had his back to me. And I said to him, I said, I said, our friend has uh, a contact, a, a lady who wants to find a family for her baby. She needs to find a family for her baby to adopt. Are you interested? And my husband said, sure, why not? <laughs> and I'm standing back there and in my spirit, I'm like, you know what, I'm trying to contain myself. I'm like jumping up and down. And, but I said, oh, okay, great. <laughs> and I walked back in the kitchen and I told her what we said. And that was actually a Tuesday. And then Thursday, Thursday, we met the birth mother and her mother. And we had a nice conversation. And then she called us on Friday and told us that she wanted us to have her child, that we were the family she wanted for her child. And I can't tell you the, the mix of emotions, insecurity, fear, joy, excitement, all bundled together. And I really had to focus on all that good stuff because I knew that all the bad stuff was the enemy trying to steal the joy from me because the Lord was giving me the desire of my heart. And there's a funny story that, that the development of this, she had only been to the doctor once and she had an ultrasound and she told us, they told me I'm gonna have a little girl. And so this was the beginning of February. The baby is due the beginning of April. 
that's how much time we have to prepare. So I always laugh when Pastor Ronnie talks about the Lord gives us nine months to prepare for a child. <laughs> I didn't have nine months, so we went crazy. We had baby showers and we picked out a name and her name is Isabella Deanne. And, and then the, she had to have a C-section scheduled for Thursday, she invited me, oh my gosh, she, she invited me to come to the final ultrasound, which was held the Monday before. And we were there and the doctor's like, okay, here's the harpy, here's the body, here's the head. And then he says, wow, he sure is proud. And all of us were like, what, he? All this time we're thinking we're getting a girl. And what I didn't tell you is that I had prayed for those two years for a little boy. But when she told me that she was having a girl, I didn't care because I knew this was a baby coming to me from God. And so by that time, you know, I'm praying healthy baby, 10 figures, 10 toes, I don't even care. And he says, he sure is proud. And he's like, yeah, I've never seen, the doctor said this, I've never seen a baby this late term in this position. So apparently he was just laying there spread eagle and it was hilarious. And I said, yeah, he must have heard us talking about him, found out his name was going to be Isabella. And he's like, no, I'm a boy. So in two days, we had to change all the legal paperwork, change his name, take back enough pink stuff so he could come home in something blue. And the miracle of this was I worked in the courthouse. So where the average person could take weeks to change paperwork, all I had to do is walk up to the judge who was a personal friend and say, look, this is what happened. And, and the whole story became the, the, the laugh of the courthouse. Everybody in the joke was Isabella is a fella. And everybody was joking about how we had a little boy and we got all of this done in just a matter of 36 hours. We didn't know who the birth father was, but we knew that the birth father was from Mexico. And the morning of her C-section, we were waiting for her to go in and she and I were just sitting there chatting. And she said to me, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you this, but had we known that this was a boy, we would have left the country to keep this child. And in that moment, the Lord dropped in my spirit. I hid this child just for you. And He's born and he's beautiful and he's amazing and his name is Colton and he's 15 now. And um, my husband was preaching on it, his story one day and about how we shouldn't put God in a box. And he said, for years my wife prayed for God to change her physiology so that she could have a child. And he told a story about Colton, you know, being told he's a girl and then finding out two days before he was born. He said, what if, 
Just what if that ultrasound was accurate the first time? And God did not change my wife's physiology, but changed my son so he could be with us. Because you see, there is nothing impossible with God. Well, because we didn't know much about Colton, his background, his family lineage, we didn't know his birth mother personally, only where she had grown up in the town where my husband grew up and his, his mom's family grew up. We decided to do Colton's DNA. And we were so excited we, you know, when the results came in to, to find out where, he, you know, where his heritage came from and to be able to teach him about that so he would have something interesting to, to tie himself to. And we, got, we did it through um, Ancestry.com under my husband's account. And we're looking in it. And all these Ancestry.com works with family circles. And all these family circles of my husband's kept popping into Colton's. And we're like, oh, they have totally messed up this account. What are we gonna have to do to fix this? So he said, all right, well, let's just focus on finding out about Colton, we'll figure it. We kept tracing and tracing and tracing and tracing until we got to the bottom of what we thought was the mistake. <laughs> it was not a mistake. We found out by doing Colton's DNA that Colton's great-great-grandmother was the sister to my husband's great-grandfather. God adopted my son back into his bloodline and we did not even know it. And exceedingly abundant, without comprehension, the magnificence of God's glory, all in one child's story. And I know there are women out there who prayed like I did. And I know there are women out there believing like I did. And I know there are women out there that are fighting the defeat and the depression and the discouragement that I fought. And I just hope that and know that Colton's testimony, which is actually a testimony of the magnificence of God, will help others with that same prayer, with that same desire, with that same patience and expectation because God will, he will give you the desires of your heart. My only request to the women who are going through what I went through is, don't put God in a box. There are so many things, so many ways and ways that you cannot even comprehend that God will bring you the desire of your heart. Pray, but believe with expectation that God is a seeker of those who seek Him. He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. And we, we just have to stay faithful, stay 
in service, in giving, trust and obey. And his promises cannot fail. I am so grateful to be in a church with pastors who love their people so much that they want to bring this truth. I almost said a hope, it's more than a hope, it's a knowledge, it's a, it's a wisdom that these things will come. They will come. Maybe not in the way that you thought, but in a way much larger, much bigger and more abundant than you could ever imagine.